This is Jimmy Williams with Live a Life by Design, your host with the most to give you your Monday morning moments of motivation that helps you become bigger, better, and bolder in life. You know, the last few weeks, we have had some outstanding guests on our podcast, and we are honored that these individuals take the time from their very busy schedules to help provide you that one word of advice, perhaps, that helps you live life on your own terms in a much bolder fashion. Well, today's guest is no different. This gentleman has a storied history of great accomplishments, and he is honoring us today with a few moments just to learn from him about how history can help us form our future. And one of the things I want to visit with you about today before I introduce our podcast guest is what about your past that you haven't let go of that's holding you back from realizing your most potential future? You know, one thing I tell clients, and I'm a wealth advisor, but what I tell them is I am most horrible at one thing. I am very good at a few things. The one thing that I'm most horrible about is reversing the time in our life. I can't bring back yesterday is a quote I tell, often tell them, but I am great at helping you form your tomorrows in the way you desire. Today, our guest is uh, just an elite performer. He is a Webby Award winner on podcasting. He is the host of American History Tellers, American Scandal, and American Elections Wicked Game, and is the executive producer of the audio dramas 1865 and Terms. He's a podcast producer, sound designer, and composer who has worked on Dirty John, Dr. Death, Bad Batch, Business Wars, The Lead, and others, reaching tens of millions of listeners. Through his production company, Airship, our guest seeks to expand human understanding and empathy through storytelling. His capabilities today, folks, will give you such excitement. You're going to want to go to these podcast episodes of which he speaks and listen to the great stories he brings to life from history. So today, it's an honor to have with me, Lindsay, not the Senator Graham. Welcome, Lindsay. Thank you for having me. You know, I've got to tell you, Lindsay, you are an accomplished podcaster, a great historian speaker, but I understand there's someone in your life that maybe even has more talent. Would that be, uh, I don't know, your seven-year-old daughter? How's she doing? Well, she's fantastic. She just, uh, just yesterday, we, we were told by her, uh, Montessori preschool, well, not preschool, but grade school, that she won her uh, home movie night. She and I concocted a, a small home video, and uh, and we were pleased to have won uh, two categories, the funniest and, uh, and most creative, I believe. Now, as someone that follows your podcast, that does not shock me at all. This young lady's probably going to have you working for her in about 15 to 20 years, so be careful. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I, I want to retire. I need someone to... <laughs> to take over. Understood. Now, I've got a little bit of history. I want to bring our audience uh, because I believe it's important if you're doing audio podcast, Lindsay, that our audience needs to relate to that guest. And I want to bring back some facts to you. I'm going to take you back to the high school days of Lindsey Graham for a moment. If you'll flash back with me to that time. And I understand that you are partial to certain genres of music, as am I, that may contain such bands as 
Led Zeppelin, The Stones, Beatles, but I love the horn, Miles Davis. Tell me a little bit how you got into that line of genres of music. That's quite a, quite a breadth. Oh, yeah, and it gets broader. I mean, that's just where it started. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think you can turn on a radio in the uh, early, you know, late 80s or early 90s and not hear, you know, classic rock of that ilk. And, uh, you know, Zeppelin was was big with, with the kids in, in ninth grade. Uh, I went to, at that time, an all-boys school. So there's plenty of opportunities for, uh, for amped-up young men to be listening to harder rock. Um, and... Um, but I was just enthralled with with music in general from an early age, uh, and and even though my my house wasn't necessarily that musical, you know, many people have stories in which their parents were always putting records on and dancing around in the kitchen, and it's like, that really wasn't my house. Um, but uh, but I'd kind of so I discovered music on my own and uh, and through friends and and acquaintances. Uh, but yeah, I think it started with with those bands, Zeppelin in particular, because then I started going backwards. Like, well, who did Jimmy Page do? And of course, as we mentioned before the interview started, uh, I picked up guitar, as you do if you're that infatuated with with Zeppelin, and uh, um, and so then you figure out that there's these other bands uh, called you know the Yardbirds. Who else was in the Yardbirds? Well, Clapton and Jeff Beck were in the Yardbirds, and so who's Jeff Beck? I know Clapton, but who's that guy? And then, uh, yeah, Jeff Beck will take you very, very far because he got into fusion jazz stuff in, in, the, in the late 70s. And that leads you to p- weird places like Mahuichiro Orchestra. And, uh, and pretty soon you've got uh, more CDs than you, you really ought to have uh, and enjoy them all. Got to tell you, Lindsay, you and I may have to go to coffee sometime next time I'm in your area. That uh, you, You're hitting all the big ones on me now. I listen to a lot of Coltrane. I don't laugh. I know that he's not a guitarist, but I love that phrasing. So my, uh, my love of guitar goes all the way from blues, R&B, jazz, comes into rock. I'm not just heavy metal, but I would say more like Van Halen, which I don't call heavy metal really, but I'm, I'm not a Metallica player kind of stay to the to the right of that but man i got to tell you you have the same uh, same type of uh, love for music as i but let's talk a little bit about though not the guitarist lindsey graham but let's talk about the spokesman the great orator that i hear on the on these podcasts so let's just how did you get into that role oh it was an accident uh yeah an uh, accident <laughs> i i had no designs on this career um uh it, so um, several years ago, uh, I ha- was working at an insurance company and, uh, I was not particularly happy at that insurance company, but you know, it's a job. And, uh, but I got fired because probably I was visibly unhappy at this, this insurance company. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so I, I went, I went home to my wife and said, you know, um, after we got over the shock of, of, of losing our income or my income, uh, she's fully and gainfully employed. Um, we, I said, I, I asked, I said, I'd like to see if I can make, can't make audio a, a career. Um, I've had for years this, this audio studio that I, I'm, I'm talking to from now um, as kind of a, a glorified hobby. I, I uh, played music and composed and recorded bands and, and uh, you know, maybe it paid for itself. And it kept me off the streets, right? <laughs> um, but I, I wanted to do something you know, more professional. Let's see if we can't eke out a couple $10,000 and, 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 and make a, you know, it would be going backwards for me, but I'd be doing something I loved. I'd be working for myself. 
Um, and so I, I tried it and uh, I actually found a partner who was looking to do something similar, who had just come down from New York and had a lot of audiobook experience. And we thought, you know, hey, audiobooks might be a, a way to to make a living. Uh, it turned out it wasn't, not for me anyways. Um, audiobooks are, are hard to make. Um, but we did make this one podcast uh, called Terms. And uh, it was a strange one to come out the gate up with because it's it's not a podcast like most people understand podcasts. It's it's not two two dudes talking to each other. It's a it's a fully scripted uh, audio drama with actors and sound design and you know, a, a big score and so it's a you know it's a it's a Netflix show without the picture and uh, that was our first effort because we we knew podcasting was was exploding and we we wanted to to get into the industry. Uh, we were audacious and naive doing it with an audio drama. But there was another audacious and naive company in the world, and that was Wondery, um, now a behemoth in, in the podcasting world. But back then, this is, uh, this is almost exactly four years ago, um, they, were, they were much smaller and, uh, and had a focus uh, driven by their CEO, Hernan, Hernan Lopez, uh, on trying to bring audio drama to the fore of the podcasting sphere. He, he had a feeling that it could be a, a new branch of entertainment. Um, that, that hasn't happened yet. I, I, the podcasting audience hasn't been found for audio dramas yet. But he, uh, we, we pitched terms to uh, Wondery as well as many other companies, but Wondery was the only one that called back. Um, they loved it. And so they were uh, distrib- they are our distributor, you know, and um, put it on their network and, and helped us try to monetize with ads. But it was the ads that started my career. Uh, I was the composer, sound designer, recordist, and executive producer on Terms. I didn't write it. I didn't act in it. Um, and the only thing other than behind-the-scenes stuff uh, that I did was was write and voice the ads. Because it didn't make sense to have the, I don't know, the villain of the show try and sell you a mattress. Um <laughs> So it was, it was that accident, you know, just necessity. It's like, well, we, we got to sell, we got to read the ads, right? And I was like, who's going to do that? And, and I just didn't like the idea of any actor doing it. So I went, okay, fine, I'll do it. And, um, and it was that decision, kind of done spur of the moment, um, that, uh, that launched my podcasting career because uh, Hernan over at Wondery uh, just liked the sound of my voice and the read of my ads. Um, so I got lucky. I could write an ad and I could read it. Uh, <laughs> Two important factors you need in audio right there. Two important. Well, factors. certainly in podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And what, what that, what that led to was, uh, you know, I left that audio company. It, it, it didn't work for me. And, uh, you know, I, I went back to the, the nine to five grind where I could. And I was like, well, you know, there was my year and a half experiment of trying to make audio work. Oh, well, you know, I guess I'll go back to what I'm actually trained to do, uh, marketing. Um, and, uh, but then I got a call from Hernan who just, who asked, Hey, um, we have this new show. We think it's going to be really big, but, uh, the, the host is a journalist. He can't, he can't endorse any products on air. Um, it's called dirty John. Would you like to, you know, be the voice of the ads for dirty John? And this is an easy, you just say yes. Right. 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 Um, and, uh, and then the second question he had in the same phone call was like, you're a history buff, right? And in my head, I said, well, for the purposes of this phone call, yes, I am. <laughs> um, 
And so I told him yes. And, uh, and I said, well, we've got this history show that we're, we're thinking about. How, how would you like to, to host and sound design it? And again, this is not a question you say no to. Oh man, you you're you got a great history. The uh, pardon the pun of how you got in this business. So I understand you graduated uh, with a degree in what now? What's your de- degree in, in at the university? Oh, it finally ended. It finally ended up my undergraduate degree, uh, which took me about seven and a half years. Uh, finally, ended up being um, a a business a business degree. But you enjoyed your seven and a half years, right? <laughs> uh, there, there were portions of that I enjoyed for sure. Uh, the fact that it took me seven and a half years uh, was not enjoyable. No, I was, I was a bad. I'm, I'm not a great student. Um, you know, especially when you're 20. Uh, I think I went back to school, got my MBA, did really well. But I was, I was 34 at that point. I, I really should have gone to school. You know, taken two or three gap years really to just get myself sorted. Yeah, so you went to the University of Mary Washington in Fredericksburg, Virginia, which has quite yeah. a bit of lore about it, right? Virginia, it, it is. So it's, it's the uh, the 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 well, the, the if not the birthplace, certainly the the home place of of George Washington. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, so named been, after his mother. Absolutely, I've been a big fan of history. Uh, so uh, similar to what you're saying, I always loved history so much. I thought if I could be a history professor, and then I did some research. And those guys don't wear new suits. You understand what I mean by that? <laughs> I, I well, you're describing academia. You have to love it. It's, you it's, really this do. Is, this is a that's a as, and by the way, podcasting's not too different. Um, you have to. This is these are not um, fast track careers. They are not. And I've said this many times. I did not get into this. Matter of fact, I don't even do any advertising on our show, by the way. I I give, uh, like, for example, your Airship FM, I give kudos. I give marketing. I give name recognition. I brand for you and all that. I just don't charge anything because at the end of the day, I want to be free to be me and do what I wish to do. And that's the beauty about podcasting, right? You can make it what you wish. Yeah, absolutely. There are very few rules. Um, You know, the, the, the industry is growing more professional. Um, and you know, certainly there are FCC rules or suggestions on how you do your ads with host endorsements and things like that. There are, there are boundaries of taste and ethics that you should probably stay within. Um, but in general, podcasting's pretty phenomenal. If, if you've got something to say that people want to listen to, you can, with hundreds of dollars, <laughs> start, start and, and, and then suddenly be talking to billions of people. Oh, absolutely. You know, so today, Lindsay, far, far less listener volume than what you've experienced, obviously. And again, I just applaud you on the, the great work you've done and the audience you've attracted. We're in 27 countries. We yeah, maybe 10, 11,000 unique downloads a month, but we're getting there and uh, just having the time of my life doing it. But let's talk a little bit about your approach to podcasting and and history. So, uh, let's talk about one of my favorites right now, which is the wicked game talking about each of the elections. And I want to draw some correlation of that to the election that we just experienced in our country here in the U S uh, now I don't want to get political with it. I want to talk about drawing some correlations between some of the early candidates to today's approach, not a particular candidate, but today's approach on, on elections. And I love some of the reading and the storytelling you give to some of the elections, particularly where, one of the founders of which I adore, President Jefferson, uh, kind of was a little bit of a, I'm going to use the term finagler when it came to politics. He kind of worked some things over and got people in the right corner and promoted himself. And that's what we see today, is it not? I mean, it hadn't, hadn't ventured that far from the 1790s. Well, that was, that's the entire point of the, of the podcast, yeah. Uh, 
So um, there's another great uh, presidential pro podcast called Presidential. The, the Washington Post did it. And, uh, and so I stole the concept from them. Um, Lily Cunningham is, is, the, is the host. So uh, ahead of the 2016 election, she um, uh, uh, did a little bi biography of all 44 presidents leading up to the 2016 election. And I thought that, you know, that's, that's a great way to gain momentum, 44 weeks leading up to, uh, to election. But, um, but I could do it differently. And, uh, and I think I could do it um, with, with more of an eye to like who was Taft, for instance, and, and, and more an eye to how did Taft get elected. Um, and, because if you study history, you it is inevitable that you will find modern parallels. It does. You could be studying, you know, Aztecs, uh, and you will say, "Hey, this sounds just like Washington D.C. right now." Um, and the reason is because we're we're all humans. You know, very very little cultural differences exist across the globe and across town uh, across time. Um, and Wicked Game was was to point that out. Jefferson, as you mentioned, yeah, he was wily. He's a smart guy, and he knew when to speak, when to shut up, and when to have someone else speak for him. Uh, he invented fake news, you know, pretty much. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, and we've been we've been wrestling with it ever since. One of the funniest uh, episodes. Well, I shouldn't say funny, but I gained a little humor from it. Was th th that Martin Van Buren? Now, if you've seen pictures or paintings, I should say, of Martin Van Buren, he's not a big man. Martin Van Buren was a little man, but if yeah. you th thought of the power he wielded at the nation's capital to, to, if you will, put Andrew Jackson in the office, for example, uh, these guys were not stupid, man. They were very, our founders of this country, very intelligent people, but let me pick up on one thing you mentioned. So if you think about parallels and you said, we are all human, we have a lot in common. What do you think we could do in our country alone coming after this election? You know, we've had some division, of course. Uh, I just hate the term of categorizing red and blues and all. Just forget all that. But we're all Americans. What would you think we could do to bring us all back together under this great Constitution? Well, you know, if I had an answer, uh, I, <laughs> um, I would be I'd be screaming it uh, in the streets. I, d I don't know. I, I think. There's a confluence of a lot of events. Um, we have a news cycle that's faster than ever before. We have a social media structure that feeds us exactly what we want to hear. We don't even know we're in a, a feedback loop. Um, you know, all you have to do is, is start up two Twitter accounts and just follow some random people and compare and contrast what's being fed to you and, you know, what, what, what headlines. Um, I, think, I, think, I think we've out-marketed ourselves as humans. We've, we've grown so savvy that we're, we're damaging ourselves, and I don't know how to fix that, um, except for some sort of return to, uh, to a, a devotion to civics. And, and I, I couldn't recommend how to do that. Uh, you know, like maybe, maybe reinstate civics as, as, a, as, as a necessary and mandated course in, in, in high school. Um, but um, Understanding how government works, understanding how people work, understanding that this system is uh, imperfect but moving forward and always just uh, chock full of people. Um, I think if, if ever you say one of, one of the easiest ways to, to fix the nation is probably to, to never say they when you don't know who the names of the people you mean. Like, they're stealing the election. Who is they? 
Right. If, if you can't if you can't name the people, then you don't know what you're talking about. And, it, it, you know, it's, it's easy because to say they because that's, you know, a very tribal thing to do. And it makes you feel better defensive or aggressive or, you know, like it puts you um, but it's the wrong thing to do. Use their names. And if you don't know them, don't 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 say it. You know, that's good advice. I will tell you this, too. I feel like this same thing that could be a double-edged sword for us that's so positive in our work and what we do in spreading the joy about this podcast is social media. By that same token, it can also be the thing that cuts between us and causes division and so forth if we, as you said there, don't have facts, but we spew them out as if we are factual and if we know them, going back to the fake news comment. Uh, I will say this, that I believe if we all band together under a unified reason of why we founded this country, as you said, get more civics involved, don't you believe that we could take that understanding of commonality and understand, too, that we have some small differences, but at the core, we all want peace, freedom, and pursuit of happiness. What's your thoughts? Oh, I, I agree with you completely. I'm, I'm a big fan of first principles, you know, um, or, or Toyota's five whys, right? Right. Uh, um, if if you got a if you got a, a a problem in your country and I don't know what it is let's let's make one up that's pretty nonpartisan let's say it's a um, it's drainage in your city right you got some localized flooding you need to fix that all right well there's a lot of ways you can approach it one's probably the best one but it might have some consequences you might need to buy up some homes or relocate some people that's that's tough to do but um. But there's a solution, and then there's you know a B solution and a C solution, and all of these are facts. These are these are easily discernible things. So so when I say what are the first principles, or the five whys of, uh, I think we should remember that we're trying to solve a problem, and not and not discuss amongst each other <laughs> some other elements. Like there's a drainage problem, we need to fix that, and and everything should be you know. Um, addressed to that basic principle. And if there is a solution that that's, comes up, you say, why is that the case? And you'll get to your, your, your underneath layer and you ask, why is that the case? And you know, within a couple of whys, you realize that it's not addressing you know, drainage at all. It's uh, some other you know, special interest or whatever. You know, that's one of the things too, that I think we take our eye off that ball of commonality too often. And, and for example, as you said, media moves too fast. I feel like our country maybe is trying to break the news so quickly to be the one that broke the story that we may miss some facts that are integral to that story having context. You understand what I mean? I think, I think you can yeah. come out and call a story a story before you really have all of the introduction, know the facts and know what the conclusion is. You just kind of start. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I, I think that's true to uh, in a great sense in social media, but we've, we've, um, there are now casts of, of media. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm remiss to, to, to use the word mainstream media because right? it means so much, so many different things to different people. But, but there are qualified professional outlets that don't really rush. They take their time. They pay attention to things. And, um, you know, it, it may be a matter of minutes or maybe a matter of days, but some st stories are slow. Um, there is this other class of, and I, I won't even call them journalists. They're just uh, informationists. Um, that are, are are much faster at the trigger, and because they 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 don't even do the the, the reporting themselves, it's it's more repeat um, function. So, um, yeah, I I would 
there's a, a fantastic effort. Um, the uh, gosh, I'm you know, forgetting the name of it, um, but it's the 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 News Literacy Project. I follow them on Twitter and 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 pay attention to their efforts. And, they're just trying to educate the American public on what is real and not, or not, and, and how, how to figure it out. Like, here are three things you can do whenever you read a headline. Uh, check the date. <laughs> you know, check that there, right. is, that there is a byline, that someone's actually putting their name on it. And oftentimes, just those two things at all will dispel 80% of the noise. Man, that is, that's good advice as well. Let me take it. I'm going to turn a little corner with you now, Lindsay. I'm going to ask a couple of things personally to you. Is that okay if I dive in? That's fine. If I don't like it, I'll say no. <laughs> See, that's the thing I love about you. So here's the thing I'd want to know. What in your world has been the most fulfilling event of your life absent your daughter's birth? What else has been the most fulfilling event in your life absent your daughter? Because we know she's number one, but, but what yeah, would be Yeah, absolutely. Next? You know, um, well, I mean, the, the easy question that is not not incorrect would be, you know, uh, my, my marriage. Um, but I, I'll, 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 I'll go with where you want me to go and, <laughs> and, and take both of those off the table. Help your host here a little. He's not the professional yeah. you are, brother. Help me out a little bit. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's a good question. What is most fulfilling? I will tell you right now. I mean, of course it changed. You asked me when I'm seven, it's that picture I drew, but um, right now it, it absolutely is, is my career and, and podcasting. Uh, there's a couple of reasons for that. One, I'm doing it myself. I'm my own boss. That feels great. Um, I've had wonderful bosses in the past, you know, uh, I've worked on great teams, but it's something different when you're building it yourself. Um, it feels good. And, um, and it's smaller and, and, and I can make decisions that make sense to me. One of the things that I hated about working in any sort of structure or organization is that the, some of the decisions coming from the top down weren't explained well enough. They were dictums. And, uh, and so you just march in a direction that you're not really sure you want to march in. Um, and that doesn't happen when, when you're doing it on your own. Even if you are marching in the wrong direction, you at least know the reason why. That's right. Um, <laughs> uh, and then also I, I get to have conversations like this, talk about issues that are important to me and perhaps even you know, persuasively. Um, I think my mission as a podcaster, I try very hard, you know, and I, I have to interject here. I don't, I don't write the bulk of my podcasts. You know, we, I've got a team of researchers, writers and producers. Wondery takes great care of the content. Um, and then I have some independent stuff, but even then I, I'm not, I'm not writing for 45 minute podcasts every week. Um, but I am curating it. I, you know, it, it's, it's coming out of my mouth. So I, I, I take special care that I, I, I'm doing this right. And, um, and doing it right means that the message is clear, that it's fair, that it has a purpose. And that purpose, especially in the history space, has kind of been what we were talking about, that, that understanding some of the, the victories and, and, and mistakes of the past might help you in, in the present. Um, and, and remember that we are all people, uh, over and over again, there is no, they there, there's other people. I like to say it's just us. I'm a pronoun person that uses the word us a lot. I don't care where you're from or who you are. It's a us. We're all in the same boat, right? So Lindsay, let's talk a little bit deeper about this issue of you're your own boss. So good friend of mine, Simon Sinek, uh, he wrote a book called Start With Why. I don't know if you've read the book. It's a great lead into why you even start the podcast. 
Mm-hmm. I'd like to catch a little bit further on that and say, how do you take the initiation for a new topic of a podcast? How does your group, your team start out going, hey, you know what, here's an area I have interest in, or what do you do to decide what the next step's going to be in the next podcast? Well, yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, let, we'll start with the first one, you know, history tellers, American history tellers, and just it's granted that that fell in my lap. You know, I didn't, I didn't seek that. It, that was the accident. But everything after that has, has been purposeful. Um, so when History Tellers came along and, uh, and it shocked everyone, it went, went to number one on iTunes the week it debuted and like, well, well dang, you know, <laughs> this, might, this might work. Um, and so it, it produced, um, for me personally, uh, enough income to rival my, my day job. Um, but it's a, it's a new career and it's, uh, it's only, there's no guarantee that there's, you know, there's a certain, there's an end to the contract that I signed. What happens after that? There's a lot of risk is what I'm saying. And so, uh, I thought, well, you know, the, the way to manage risk is to build a portfolio. And, uh, so if I had a second show, a second show that did just about the same thing, you know, followed the same successful formula, uh, then I could, uh, I, I could be comfortable with the risk because it, because if one went away, it's not likely that the other one would unless something catastrophic has happened. Um, and, uh, and so that's how I came up with the idea of American scandal. It was, it was purely to broaden my portfolio to make sure that I could enter into a new career with some security. And, uh, I looked around the marketplace of podcasts and thought, you know, there's a lot of true crime stuff. Um, I don't particularly like true crime. Uh, but I bet I can combine history and true crime in a, in a way that that's compelling to people. And so I went back to Wondery, you know, within six months of, of history teller debuting and said, Hey, I've got an idea for a second podcast. Here it is. And, and, you know, they, they bought it for, uh, nothing, you know, not many zeros on the check there, uh, for, for buying up, you know, the, the IP content. Um, and I didn't mind. Uh, that wasn't the point. I wasn't trying to sell an idea. I was trying to sell um, another multi-month contract that gave me security. And I got it. Uh, turns out, you know, Scandal is, is more popular than the history tellers. And, uh, and so then, um, then you start making more decisions. Like, well, okay, do I have room for further growth? Do I have an appetite for it? I mean, this is pretty comfortable now. I'm doing something I love. Um, I'm now doing it full time, which was, which I, I quit my job. Um, but, but it grew hard. And, um, so I hired someone and then when I hired someone, I was like, well, you know, I, I need to do broaden the portfolio again. Um, I need to try and find a, a client that I'll, we'll just do editing work on the back end stuff to fill out my new employee's time to make sure he's utilized properly. And that's what happened. We do all the post-production on another history show from Wondery called uh, Tides of History. Excuse me, <laughs> Tides of History. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just any small business. It's like, okay, we, we did that. And um, what's next? Do I want a next? And if I do, then, then what should it be? And then I got to the point where I could do something um, that I, I enjoyed. 1865 was fantastic. Uh, and... And then even Wicked Game was not a, a financial play. It was mission driven, but um, half and half, you know. Um, 
And I have a new podcast coming out in, in, in January because, you know, Wicked Game is pretty much over now that the election uh, cycle's ended. Well, and, uh, has it or has it, Lindsay? Uh, well, <laughs> as of right I'm now, sorry, bad, no. bad joke. Bad joke. <laughs> uh, no, we're 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 still counting. Excellent um, new podcast. What is it? Um. Well, it, it furthers our conversation because uh, Wiki Game is ending, and uh, I want to replace it. I already have the infrastructure for for you know producing it. Um. So I, I don't want to step backwards. So I went to Wondery and said, hey, I want to do a new podcast of, to replace Wicked Game. Here are some ideas. But I want you to pick the one that you think is, has the most market potential. Because, um, you know, I've, I, we did, Wicked Game actually didn't sell that well in terms of ads. Uh, advertisers didn't like the political content of it, which... Yeah, we're about as straight down the middle as you can get, but um, gotta be honest with you though, sir. I loved it, man. Not just saying that cause you're on my show I, yeah. that I've, I've enjoyed every episode. So well, thank you very much. It may not be what you want, but I love the show rated it very high. Well, that's the peculiar thing about this industry. You know, like um, I, I don't know that the, the people who pick the ads, you know, the sponsors, the agencies and the, and the, the end end sponsors, they, they, they rarely even listen to the shows that they add, you know, advertise on. It's, it's, you know, they're just looking for brand safety. There's a lot of podcasts out there. And so they want to check a few boxes. Is the audience big enough? Is it diverse enough? Or it fills a certain niche? And uh, is it brand safe? Does it talk about sex, drugs, or politics? And like, well, we, we, we were on the politics box, so we didn't get too many advertisers. So this brings me back to the conversation with Wondering. It's like, I don't want that to happen again. Um, so let's talk about some brand safe concepts. Here's a bunch of mine. And, uh, and Wondery said, well, tell you what, uh, you ever thought about um, uh, doing a business podcast? I was like, well, I've got, a, I've got an MBA. Um, I probably could. And so, yeah, we're going to have a kind of a history of business. Uh, same sort of stuff I do, narrative driven. You know, let's, let's tell the, the stories, the great stories of, of critical moments in, in you know, global business. Uh, who, who, get, who, who are the victors and <laughs> who are the losers? And how they they manage their decisions. So that's coming out in uh, in mid January. I think it's called Business Movers. Um, that may change, but uh, we're in development right now. So I would never propose you anything that that uh, that I get credit for. That's not my point. But I'm hoping you will tackle an episode on Edison and Tesla and their battle to come the if you will the owners of electricity utility in the United right. States because that is a great story by the way and you do wonderful in your voice on that well thank you I think I think that was already covered in American Innovations um, but so you know here we go you know talking about the market again uh, so right. the um, the the market for this show uh, we're 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 good with advertisers because it's a business focused show but you know Edison Tesla that's kind of not modern enough. Uh, so audiences, you know, audiences want, uh, recognizable brands and something in recent memory. And now Edison and Tesla is probably big enough, but if I told another story that was similar to it, like, you know, the, the great sewage wards of Detroit in 1821, which I totally made up just now. I, <laughs> I was going to say, I hadn't heard of that one. <laughs> um, you know, even though it might be a fascinating story, it, 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 it just doesn't, it doesn't, you know, move. Um, I, it, this is the reality of, of being in media. You make decisions that you don't want to make to, to further the, you know, the, the cause. 
Well, so let's let's dig a little deeper now. I want the audience to know who Lindsey Graham really is. So I've got to ask you a very difficult question now. The question's real simple, though. If you were not in this career and you had your choice of any career, notwithstanding economics, notwithstanding anything like that, what would you be? What would you do? Oh, it's not difficult at all. I, you, if you look over my shoulder, you see a wall full of guitars. And, uh, and so I'm, the reason I uh, was able to get into podcasting was because I already owned the microphones. I already built my little studio. Uh, I would be... I would be a record producer for sure. Um, you know, I'm not the greatest musician, but I love music and I love the mechanics of it uh, and, and making it and the collaboration that happens in a studio environment. Uh, I like how fast it is. I like, there's so much I like it uh, about it. Um, you can be just outrageously creative. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I would, I would, I would produce bands. Um, and uh, that's that's a no-brainer for me. I, I would, I, you and I have, this is uncanny, we just have so much in common between the guitar loving and so forth and the music genres and things, but I had that choice or an AR man for a music company. The reason being is I could go hear all these new great acts that haven't yet made it and give them a chance to, kind of like my entrepreneurial side, give them a chance to make it, right? You know, it right. goes back to one of my favorite guitarists, Eddie Van Halen, when Van Halen started out, they were working for pennies, man, doing backyard parties and so forth. They go to a club one night, just by chance, there's, there's a man with a record company comes in and hears them and they're, they're blown away and they go, where have these guys been? And that uh -huh. to me is what's really cool about music is you can change someone's life almost in an instant, uh, you know, so, uh, well, that's, that is really good. So let's build on one more question. I'm going to ask you some advice from you because you've been so helpful today. Let me ask you this question. If I were to say to my audience, uh, I've got a story I wish to tell, how would you recommend they start in podcasting? Now, they don't have tons of money. They don't have tons of capital, but they got a great story. They might have a nice voice like mine. I'm just kidding with that. Uh, <laughs> I have that Southern drawl down pretty well. Your voice sounds very good. Uh, but what would you give advice to them on how to start? Um, there are so many resources on, on how to do this. It's a, you know, it's a burning question. Um, but I think, and, and this is flippant, but it's true. Start. How do you start? You start by starting. Um, and, uh, I've, I'm critically aware of the paralysis of, of that's, that's will overtake you if you get fearful of your own, you know, uh, adequacy uh, or or I, I this isn't good enough and um you'll find that that you know the the titans of podcasting all say the same thing ira glass among them that there is a gap he he says famously in what you do and what you want it to be and that that's just happens it happens now it happens today for him for me for everyone but that gap gets smaller and uh so when you first start that gap's big big enough for you to fall in and drown and uh so, but you're never going to know until you start. There are some other tactics things, you know, you're going to have to get some microphones and, 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 and a laptop and all that stuff, but don't worry about that at all. You, if you've got a phone in your pocket, you can podcast. Um, yeah. Uh, then, then once you start, you focus on storytelling on, on the real craft of, of making sure what you, the story you think is interesting actually comes across as interesting. And that's, that's a whole other three hours of conversation. That is great advice. So I, I, I think you've been 
more than generous with information, but I'd love to, if I could ask one favor of you to pour out to our audience, if you could just leave our listeners and subscribers today with just one statement of advice on, on influence or podcasting or history or entrepreneurism, what would that be? Well, I, I don't want to repeat myself, but starting by starting is pretty good. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll think of something else. Um, so, so there are two things that I've, I've discovered that really do help, even though they're annoying. Um, one is rehearsal. I don't like to rehearse. I don't like to practice. I don't like to study. Uh, I, I'm kind of a in the moment sort of person in my regular ordinary life. But when it comes down to it, it, practicing works. It's amazing. You do something once and you suck. You do it 10 times and you don't suck. And uh, that's, that's, you know, I'm, I'm 46 years old and I'm just figuring this out. This, this is amazing. So, so rehearse, practice. Um, don't get yourself so nervous uh, about things. You know, this isn't a best man speech or anything, but you know, if, if, if you've got any sort of important thing coming up, just, just rehearse. So are and, you trying uh, to tell me, though, Lindsay, that my team, the Dallas Cowboys, which, by the way, I admit going to have a rough year this year, uh, that they don't just show up on Sunday and put on the pads? You mean they actually practice during the week what they're going to perform? Apparently. Apparently. I've, I've heard that they do this uh, almost every day. That's kind of what I understand. Is you're suggesting that we might all do that with whatever craft we're wishing to create as a value to the marketplace, whatever that may be. Practice right. it, rehearse it. Uh, I'm with you, so I've got to be very honest with you. I don't do a lot of rehearsing. After a while, I can get up and just ask great people like you to give us excellent content. You're so gracious to do so. And I thank you today for sharing with our listeners your background, your uh, your words of encouragement and advice. And uh, I just want you to know I'd love to help in some way. So here's what I'd like to do for you, if you don't mind. I'd like to, when you get your new podcast out and I listen to it, I'd love to help you with that. And I'm going to mention that in our show notes as we get ready to produce this show and it goes uh, out to the public. And uh, if there's anything I can do to assist you and your team uh, moving forward, we'd gladly do it here at uh, Live Life by Design. You've been very gracious. Thank you for joining me today. Oh, I appreciate it. And thank you. It was a good conversation. Thank you for joining us today on Live a Life by Design. The challenge this week is for each of you to heed the advice of Lindsay, our guest today on the program. The simple yet profound message of just starting how many of you listening today have a great idea or wish to move your career in a different manner or wish to start a whole new company doing something you enjoy and you just haven't started? It's time. There's never a better day than today. There's never a better time than now. Go out, create the life you wish. Don't live the life you've been given if it's not your passion. And as I always say, this is your life. Live it by design. You can get a complete transcript of today's show online at livealifeby.design. If you like the show, please tell your friends and family about it. Also, we would be very appreciative if you would leave a review of the show wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been a Life Master Key production. 
The program is copyrighted by Jimmy J. Williams and Company, all rights reserved. Our recording engineer is Happy Design Company. Our production assistant is Amy Cotton. Our intern is Brindley.